Cameron, I've never asked you this question. Oh my goodness. And that's why I wanted to start the show with it. Will you marry me? No. Oh, <laughs> you wish, buddy. <laughs> no, my real question is, do you have a dream car? Do I have a dream car? That's really interesting. That's a really interesting question because I have only recently thought about it. So, actually, that's not true. That's not true. I My dream car is probably the, like... 2008 to 2012 run of the Corvette. You know what really? I'm talking about? The, the I never got the Corvette thing. But really? It is really? Batmobile-esque. It's awesome. It's yeah. so cool. I, I would love just like a, sli- a slick black Corvette. That sounds awesome. I don't think you could get any other color. However, um, recently I've been really into the look of the like old school Mustang Fastbacks. The 68 Mustang Fastback. Oh. Looks so sick. Classic it's so car. sick. I gotta be honest, any sort of classic car, I think, to me, I'm like, man, that looks great, and it also looks like a mechanical nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with BMWs. I actually really enjoy looking at, like, a super clean BMW, yeah. whether it's modern or, like, older, yeah. but I would never ever imagine buying it's hard it's hard to maintenance it's hard to to do maintenance on it back when i was taking my like energy and environment class i was super into tesla okay really really like teslas i sat in the model s in la because i went to this store it was like a tesla store i'd never been in one they let you just sit in them and i sat in the model s and i didn't like it actually as much as the model 3 which is the cheaper one yeah yeah and the cheaper one is just so it it feels so space-like there's nothing Except for an iPad yeah, and yeah, a wheel. Yeah. But like there's something like Zen about it. It's mm. very interesting. It's got like this paneled wood across the dashboard. Very unique car. For me, when I saw it, I was like, getting in this car after a long day of work, I get why people in the Silicon Valley buy it. Yeah. It's yeah, very like sure. a breath of fresh air almost. Yes, yes. It's totally leaning into that green energy style, right? Yeah. Um, so for a long time, my dream car was actually a Model 3, I was like, that's totally what I want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the financial burdens of college and working (laughs) have beaten me into submission. Mm. Currently, my mind state for cars is all about practicality. Cameron, I'm obsessed with trying to buy a Honda Accord. I know that sounds so weird. That's your dream car. I actually got to tell you, though, Honda Accord Sports, they look fresh, dude. They look cool, yeah. They look really nice. Yeah. I mean, like, any Honda with leather seats, it's like, sign me up. Because that thing's going to drive for 50 miles a gallon, and I won't yeah. have to worry about it breaking You're, down. It's going to be like 250 miles, uh, two, 250,000 miles until you have to service it. Not having a lot of money makes you really appreciate, like, practicality. Yeah, 100%. And I, the, other, the other thing I was thinking about is if I ever wanted to get, like, a sports car, this is pathetic. I can't believe I'm admitting this on air. <laughs> if I ever wanted to get a sports car, a Mazda Miata, like, seriously. Seriously interests okay. me, yeah. Because you can replace the engine for like five hundred bucks. It's <laughs> so cheap, and it would be like an actual car that you could like just do whatever you want. To with be it. honest, I I see the appeal of the of the Miata. Like, like have you ever driven one? No, but it's a, like I can see, I can picture. It, so I know? drove. I, can picture I drove one. Yeah. Okay. I get it. It's a small car. It looks stupid. That is like probably one of the most fun cars I've I, I ever I don't think driven. it looks that stupid. I think it's I think it's I know a lot of people that hate those cars. Sure, yeah. They're like that's one of the ugliest girliest cars. What about the MX8? Like that's a that's a slick one. That's a car. cool version of it. My yeah. dad's obsessed with the Jaguar F-Type. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has like stock exhaust that like fart 
really strong. Like it has that like roaring yeah. race car yeah. sound just right out of the gate. Yeah. It's not too expensive, but like those, I don't know. To be honest, like the reason the Mazda is an appealing car to me is because it's so cheap sure, and the yeah. older models are so cheap. And it's like, if you're buying a little shoebox car, something so small, I'm not going to want to drop $40,000 on a sports version of that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, okay, the Mazda one, what, it starts at 30, right? Or somewhere what, around there. Which one? The Mazda, um, no, oh, not the Mazda. What was the other one you just said? I know the Jaguar F-Type starts at like 70 or something like that. The RX-8? Yeah, the I don't RX-8. think they make them anymore. Um, oh. So that you'd have to get them used. Is that the Honda? I've seen, no, 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 Mazda. Um, oh, it's like the it's like the smaller like, uh, it's 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 kind of small and sporty, uh, but it's not as small as the Miata. I am not a car guy, so I apologize if you are. I know Austin, uh, who we've <laughs> had to talk about racing, has been a car guy. Um, but yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, so yeah, I think uh, actually even even back in the day, back in high school, uh, when I was like, oh man, I wish I could sell. I look back now and I'm like, I love my truck, and I, and I kind of yeah. regret giving it away. Not really. I I like my new car now, but. Um, but like I had, I had like a lot of, a lot of great times in the truck and it was, it was just, it was, it was a good, it was a really good car for what I needed. Um, and I I drove a truck up today. Oh, you did? Yeah. My alternator failed. Oh, so, uh, that's too bad. Yeah. I'm just waiting to install it. Oh, okay. You're going to get a new one. I already have it. Oh, okay. You're not going to, you're not going to ditch that car. No, no. I wish I could. I got no money though. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, but even, so when I was in high school, I was like, man, if only I could sell my truck and then, then maybe I could get like, like an older Mustang. That'd be sick. Yeah. You know? Some sort of like convertible that would be really sweet, but also like, I, I, I like the look of, of, of like those, those like late sixties, early seventies muscle cars. They're like sick. You know? Oh yeah. They look great. The seats are comfy. Honestly, like even going back to the eighties, I think one of my coworkers got an 80s Mustang. Um very unique looking car. Yeah. You sit in it and I'm like this is straight up like Blade Runner. It's like a Blade <laughs> Runner car. And there's something to be said about it. I mean, he has one that's in great condition. He got yeah. the seats redone and everything. I was just like, "Wow." Yeah. Like I would totally drive this car. This is sweet. What, now, here's my question to you. Would you ever get um like let's say you were you know totally stable financially whatever else not now obviously uh, but would you ever get like a project car no really no i i wish i could say yes i just don't like my life is full of so many other things i'd rather be doing than sure, working sure, on a car sure. i i think that's what it comes down to I, I think I, I would because i you know i recently you know me me and my brother um went out and we just like we just like fix service my car basically you know just normal yeah, yeah. normal what what they would do at the um you know the, the what is it called Cameron? i don't know what is it called? the shop whatever <laughs> um <laughs> um you know just normal normal stuff totally normal stuff um, oil change all that yeah, stuff yeah um we changed the spark plugs and whatever you know um and then but, but I was thinking about it. I was like, this would be fun to kind of just like really dive into a car. It's a like little really... bit, it's pretty nerdy. Like, it is. Honestly, it is. it's a little bit like. It reminds working... me of Legos, to be honest. Yeah. Or like working with computers. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Exactly. And and so it's like totally something I could see myself getting into. What I've learned from Austin and what he said on this podcast in the past episodes, um, I think that the 
handle of the episode would be like um, at 04 bad GTO. That's his Instagram. And he talks about racing on those past episodes. But he says that anything with cars just is just a money sink. Yeah. Endless, 100%. endless money. Right. And that has no appeal to me. I just I, honestly. But honestly. It, yeah. But if you have like. That, if I that, have enough money, you 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 have you have the money. You're like you're set, and you just want a project. Like if, I think a car is a good thing to. This is my to, thing, like, though, Cameron. With. If I had enough money, I wouldn't have time to work on a car. I'd be hustling for it, probably. <laughs> like if I really yeah, had true, that much extra money, I'd probably be working a nine to five. No, I get in a, I get in a leadership mean. position. I get what so. Would I like a project car? Yeah, if someone else built it for me, sure. You know, I dropped like 80K on it, sure. Give me that old 1960s whatever muscle car in pristine condition. Yeah, but but there is something, there's something that is really interesting and fun to me about like learning it and doing it yourself. You know, like that that's the appeal to me. Not having an old car necessarily. It's the like, oh, I'm going to figure out how to do this. This is the appeal to me. That that would that would be why it would be fun to me, you know. And we're so. still figuring out how to have a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Everything Comes From Something, episode 79. My name is Isaac. I'm Cameron Tuttle. That was a good question. Yeah, I knew. I just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Car problems got me thinking, Cameron. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Today we are being talking about oh something goodness. pirate, something... <laughs> uh, we're talking about the next-gen consoles, our expectations for the consoles. What you know, you really been... could have easily segued into this. What? You know, right? You could have been like, um, you know, speaking of of projects and things that we love... Um, I thought my segue was fine. <laughs> I'm the only one that does the segues on this show. Yeah, I know. So I don't even want to hear it, Okay. <laughs> Talking about next gen, we're going to be talking about the details that have been revealed as of the end of January 2020 when this episode is being released. And we will be talking about our hopes for the consoles, what we want to see from them, where we see console gaming going. And that's pretty much what the episode is going to cover. If you enjoy everything comes from something, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast where you can give a few dollars our way to help support the show. You can get a question read on air. You can even get an exclusive episode every month at the $5 level. As a matter of fact, we're going to be recording that special episode we've been talking about for January tonight. Cameron and I have something yes. very special planned. Do, do we want to pitch the plan? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we want it. you to sign up. Yes. So essentially what we're going to be doing tonight is a demo or a special trial run for our patrons of a show that we have been incubating for a little while. Yes. It's something that we've been thinking about doing. Ooh, nice word. Um, should I tell them the actual, like... The, yeah, I'll give them the pitch. Okay. Here's the pitch. Um, I went to film school. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but I did. <laughs> um, and throughout film school, I was I was told uh, over and over again that these are the movies that are held up in the highest regard right these are the these are the this is the pinnacle of filmmaking and some of those movies i agreed some of those movies i was like wow this is really you know excellent work this is great fantastic i can see why people love this movie some of those films i could not understand why anybody would like it um not at the time not now and i was shown these some of these movies i was shown over and over and over again and so being the the 
uh, one who was brainwashed into, um, I was beaten into my head that I had to like these movies. I want the experience of, of showing Isaac these movies without context, without the, the preamble, giving him the, the full run of, of some of these old movies that, that are held in high, re- high regard, um, that, that I just could not understand and or even some that you could and some of the ones that I really do like um for for reasons that maybe Isaac won't understand or won't get and and the the idea here is that is that Isaac will bring the the fresh new mind the he will be the person who who doesn't <laughs> isn't brainwashed into liking these movies and and maybe I'll learn something from from Isaac's experience, and maybe Isaac will learn something from my experience. So that's the pitch. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch really high regarded movies in in the film canon, and and Isaac is gonna gonna be tortured throughout the whole time, and it's gonna be fun. So we're doing a trial run of this show. You can have access to it at the five dollar level through Patreon and an RSS feed. It will be an audio form. Only we hope to expand the show in the future to maybe video, but Cameron and I are trying to finish. I'm trying to finish up some school stuff. We're basically trying to get our lives in order as young adults. So, but this idea we really want to take forward and moving forward. And so, um, we're doing a trial run. If you're a Patreon, we want to know what you think of the show. If you are not a Patreon and you want to chime in and tell us what you think, please sign up. Check it out. We don't ask for a ton of money, but we would love to hear your opinion on it. Yes. yes. And I, I, we're really excited to do it. Cameron is being honest. He has not said anything about the movies he's going to show me. <laughs> like, nothing on the back end. Like, as far as me, like, wanting... To, I, like, I've been saying, like, oh, you know, you could just tell me, right? You could just say, he's like, no. <laughs> I want you to go in so blind, he won't tell me the title. He won't tell me anything. Yes. And so the show is definitely going to be interesting. You'll learn a little bit about the history of the film because Cameron is educated in that. And I will be maybe in your shoes where I have, I literally have no idea what I'm going to be watching, <laughs> which is a little terrifying knowing Cameron's sick and twisted mind. Anyways, if you want to check that out, again, patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. You can get that show. You can also get access to airing questions, which currently none of our patrons are asking questions. So if you do sign up, you can ask questions on the show and you'll probably be the only one. Yeah. So you might get a question read like literally every single episode. You could do it. Well, you know, we do have millions of supporters on there, so. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. really tough. Enough <laughs> shilling. Of course, if you don't have money, we get it. We're, co- we're in the college phase. We don't have money either. Telling friends and family helps the show grow. And so if that's all you can do, we appreciate anything you want to give. Anyways, Cameron, enough about movies, enough about the special show that may or may not come to fruition. It's time to talk about next gen, dude. We're on the cusp. 2020. I can taste it. Fall 2020. These consoles are coming out. PlayStation and Xbox. What? This is going to be Xbox's fourth? No. Yeah. Fourth console. Fourth console. Generation. And PlayStation. Fifth. Yeah. Yeah. It's in that one's easy. Yeah. Because it's just Just the PlayStation five. That's yeah. what it is. Now, I'm I'm interested to to know what you think cuz we haven't really talked all that much about it, but um I'm interested to know what you think about sort of like PlayStation's coyishness right now. They're really kind of uh kind of backing off the press, backing off uh you know, being very vocal about their console. You know, if I think back to 20 uh what was it? 2013, 2014, 
maybe when when PlayStation Four was was announced and released. Um, they had a big press conference. Um, they had a big uh, sort of event of like it was. I think it was nine months. Um, I remember this. It was in February, and the console released around uh, November, December, right? November probably. Um, I don't remember, but. Um, you know, so it was a, it was a couple months in advance. They had this big press conference to get everybody excited. And, uh, you know, the, the hype was really real. And then at that E3, that immediate E3, um, they, they had a big demo. It was more like hands-on and, and you really saw what the, what the console could do. And this time around, they've really been kind of coy about, about what they're putting out. Well, it seems like... Around this time, last time, they had already announced some information about it in January or February. It was February. Or, it was at the beginning of the year. So we're assuming that we're on the edge of receiving the news about what the box looks like, what the controller looks yeah. like. There's obviously leaks. Um, the Xbox Series X has showed their strange vertical box console, which is rumored to not be the only skew in the new mm-hmm. Xbox family. And I kind of want to talk about the ecosystem that Xbox is setting up for itself, but it's just shaping out to be a very curious console generation. Definitely. Now, we were discussing a little bit before going on air. A lot of people are saying that this might be the end of console generations. And they've been saying that for every single console generation. Basically, I mean, since the PS3, it was kind of that that was the the conventional wisdom was like this is going to be the last console generation, you know, people aren't going to are going to pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks for a console when, you know, maybe they could that actually in the PS3 generation it was it was like, well, why would you play console games if you can play on your phone? You know, like there was this there was this worry that that mobile games and free to play games were going to take over and and really destroy the the console market, and then on the upper end, it was going to be only only PC gaming essentially, um, and and it is. I mean, it's interesting to it's interesting to think about that and how wrong they were back then. But like, we're coming into the same question of like, okay, so is this now you know going to be the last iterative you know six or seven year console cycle where you know, you get either you get one skew and then maybe another, you know, higher refresh, a, a, a buffed refresh in the in the later years. And, uh, you know, like with PS4, it was PS4 came out 2014, I think. Um, 13, 2013, 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then probably 2015 or 2016, the, the PS4 Pro and the PS4 Slim version came out, you know, and it was like. That's totally normal at this point. Well, the pro rendition kind of gives us an understanding of where these game console companies are looking. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Because we had never seen a redesigned console with more powerful hardware. I mean, maybe in the slightest, right? You look at Xbox One. Well, it's well Xbox One had the same, same skew, but... Um, you think about something like the N64 didn't have necessarily a console refresh, but they had um, they had upgradable packs. There's like a memory pack or something. Yeah, well, the the, con- the controllers had memory packs, and that, I think that was a that was 
day one. Um, but but they had like a disc reader that you could put in. No, that was like really it wasn't weird. that. There was because I mean Cameron and I were growing up when the N sixty four was already like midway through its life cycle. Yeah, right about. And I got my N64, and in the front, there was a, a bay, like a cartridge bay, yeah, yeah. where there was like a RAM, it wasn't a RAM upgrade, but it was some sort of like power enhancement. I think it was, oh uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was something like a RAM upgrade or something. And I remember taking that plate off as a kid and being like, what the heck, is this like the brain of the console? Like, I didn't know what it was, yeah. and I didn't and Then you even... remember the underside, the underside also had something that you could You're plug right. into. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what that was for. These and... like extra I.O. slots for yeah. expansion, I don't, like that was pretty forward thinking of Nintendo, but... These these this current gen of consoles that we're at, they've had like compatibility with each other's like the pro and the and the lower end, and I don't know if the N sixty four had that. Did some games? I think there were certain games that require like uh, I think Zelda, um, Majora's Mask. No, Ocarina was it? What I think I think Ocarina of Time, um, you had to have the memory pack in order to play it, Hmm. um. Or you couldn't get past a certain point without the memory pack. Um, so so I, I think there was kind of a wall there, right, where you had to have the, the sort of upgradable hardware. It's called the expansion pack. Yes, 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 the expansion pack. Um, and I never, my, mine never had it because I didn't, I didn't really play Zelda. Um, I mostly played N6, or I, I played Smash. It was RAM. It doubled yeah, the system memory. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, so so I mean, as a kid, I didn't really see the need for it. I didn't even know it was an option, and obviously, I don't think my parents were were gonna go out and buy extra extra RAM for my <laughs> my game console. Did you not have point. it? No, I didn't. Oh, I did. see. I always had it, and I didn't know what it was. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but I never had Orcarina of Time, so yeah, me neither. So so I didn't need it. It was like I had, um, you know, I played. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. Uh, uh, Smash Bros. Super Mario, Mario Kart. 64. Yep. Mario Kart. You know, just the normal normal ones that didn't need the the upgrade. Um, but Surprisingly, that was, well, I had Golden... Did you have Goldeneye? Yeah. And it didn't need the... I don't think so. Hmm. Um, That's the only one I could really think of that I thought might need it. No, I, I remember Ocarina of Time definitely needed it. Mm. Um, yeah, but like there wasn't a refresh skew of like the GameCube. There was, I think there was a second PS One, right? Yes, yes, there was. Um, there was like a thinner one, but it didn't, it didn't upgrade the hardware or anything. There was two SKUs of the PlayStation Two, unless you include. There the was play- three SKUs unless of the you, PlayStation Two, unless you include the tiny one. No, there was like the slim, and then there was like the regular fat one. Yeah. And no, then, and then there was a there was an absolutely minuscule one. It was like it was like the tiniest tiniest PS one. But that's just or PS2. size, right? Yeah, that didn't actually have performance. No, it didn't. It didn't have any enhancements. Um, yeah, and the PS3. Let me think. Actually, the three. P- the PS2. The PlayStation Three had three. Oh yes, yes. It had the the um, second one's the best. That's the one I had. That's the one you had. It had the spot. No, that's not true though. It's not true that the second one was the best. Um, the The first one, the fat PS3, could play PS2 games, and that was taken out of the of the newer console iterations. I think for cost reasons, right? Wasn't that the Wasn't that the the whole thing? Yeah, I mean that, that's what they said. 
So so they took out the the PS2 compatibility compatibility, um, and with the with the sort of matte black PS3s that we had, um, you know, I mean, it, it was pretty good. Other other than it couldn't play PS2 games, but um, I but think then that's they the had best the, looking PlayStation Three. That's it what is, I'm saying. It is, yeah. Compared to the weird, like, sliding plastic tray version of oh, it. Oh, gosh, that's just terrible. Horrible. We have one in the corner in the living I'm room. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry for your loss. Well, I mean, I know we're getting a little bit off track with the different skews of consoles, but I think going back to that idea of a console generation, or the console generation's ending, you would think that this thought would correlate with sales, right? But the PlayStation 4 is the fourth best-selling console ever, which is Not like, including handhelds. No, it is including handhelds. Really? It's the fourth best selling. Oh, it's the second not including handhelds. Yes. Right? It's the second. Which is insane. <laughs> Which is underneath the PlayStation. The PlayStation 2 sold uh, over... 150 million. Yeah, 155 yeah. million. The Nintendo DS is at 154. The Game Boy and Game Boy Color sits around 118. And the PlayStation 4 is at 106, which is just crazy. Yeah, I think by the end of its life cycle, it might even have a lo- have longer legs than something like the PS3, right? The PS3, if you remember, um, was really on the back foot uh, from launch until until the last couple years of its of its life cycle, where um, it actually overtook the the Xbox 360 um, in sales. Do you remember Just this? barely. The Xbox 360 uh, sits at 84 million units sold with the PlayStation 3 at 87.4 million. Yeah. Being the seventh best-selling console of all time. Xbox 360 at the eighth, which is just unbelievable in my opinion. Everyone had an Xbox 360, and I yes. don't remember people getting hyped about the PlayStation 3 at all. I thought I was the one and only, you know? No, and, well, I mean, I I, I had a PS3, <laughs> so... Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that was one of the things we connected on. Yeah, um, yeah, but it was, it was weird because um, really at, it was only at the end of its life cycle where it, it started to overtake the Xbox 360. And you remember the Xbox 360 had a year ahead of, of the PS3 in that generation. Um, and the PS3 came out and it was $600 at launch, <laughs> which is just miserable. I really hope that Sony does not, um, make that same mistake. And, and it seems that a, a lot, I mean, tech radar, which is one of the articles I'm looking at, uh, says it's rumored that both the highest SKUs of the PlayStation and the new Xbox will be around $500. Right. Which right. I think is kind of... I think that's fine. I think it, that's reasonable. Yeah. I would be... I w- I, this is my assumption and my guess. PlayStation 5, $500. There's no other SKUs. Xbox Series, they're going to have a $500... Super Monster. Apparently, like they're both running the new AMD Zen 2 processors. Um, they got eight cores with the Zen 2 architecture and Navi graphics. Both consoles have the same thing. They're um, flaunting 8K up to 8K. Okay, they're not yeah. going to do 8K. <laughs> they might. They'll probably hit close to 4K yeah. with fluctuation. And then they're saying 120 hertz, which is just high frame rates. Yeah. I doubt every game's going to get that close. No. I would hope a Universal 60. All of it's just marketing talk because honestly... TVs don't run at, at 120 hertz. So... Well, like, some, why, some are now. 
Are they? Yeah. Yeah, that's becoming a thing where your TV has higher refresh rates, like gaming okay. TVs. I mean, that's so. that's nice. See, okay, so I want to transition this into sort of what what we want out of this console, because I think that's a big portion. Well, um, uh, let me let me finish my, my thought. I know we keep yeah, derailing. Yeah. This, is, this is my first proposal that I think is really interesting. The PlayStation 2 and the PlayStation 4, for me... The even number PlayStation consoles seem to hit it out of the park instantly and have long legs after the last console is announced. Yeah. Do you think Sony sees that connection and will pull a PlayStation 3 with the PlayStation 5? <laughs> In the sense where they're like, we understand a lot of people aren't going to transition right away, but we'll come back hard in the end game, right? Mm, mm. And, um, and I wonder if they're aware of that. And that's kind of like one of the things that I wanted to bring up is like, well, I, I want to say what they're going to think is, and I, this is kind of what I think too. Um, they're going to see the PS3 as an anomaly. Please. Oh, really? Because, because it happened right around the time, what, it was 2006, 2007? Yeah. You know? So so it happened right around the time of the housing crash. You're going to get a second job for this console. Yes, yes. Everyone just lost their job. Yes. So, you know, it was $600, unreasonably expensive. It was, um, you know, they kind of mocked their their own consumer base when they said, you're going to get a second job to, to buy this console. They were, you know, really cocky and, and sort of ambivalent to, to the really obnoxious price of it. And so, like... They're, I think they're going to look back and see that as, no, that's not necessarily what, you know, that's not necessarily what we're going to do this time. We're going to see that as as a glitch, you know, that, that kind of, it coincided with some unfortunate things happening in the economy. And at the same time, you know, maybe we made some some mistakes, you know. And I think, I actually think you see them learning from their mistakes in the PlayStation 4. Right. The PS4 was a direct, um, it was really an, a, an extremely good competitor to the Xbox One at launch, remember? Um, but it was also with the, the 399 price tag and the like, it was basically like an I'm sorry <laughs> price tag. You know what I mean? I The reason I bring up this connection is because I think that the PlayStation 2 had such great legs even after the PlayStation 3 was launched, right? Yeah. People yeah. are still buying it. As a matter of fact, I think the last PlayStation 2 game was made uh, like I think this it was decade. in 2010, yeah. 2010 no, or 2011. Like, no, 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 no. I'm going to look that up. Really? Yep. It was. It was. Wasn't it? It was probably like an NBA game or something. Is a sports game? Yeah. Pro Evolution Soccer oh, 2014. Okay, okay. Ooh, that wow. is insane. That it made it all the way past the PlayStation 4's launch. The last <laughs> game. That just tells you how powerful like the PlayStation 2 was to the industry. Yeah. And I th- and I have a feeling the PlayStation 4 is going to stick around. People are going to pick that console up because of its library. And you could buy it for like $250 now, you know, like there's, it's insane. Wasn't there Black Friday deals for like $199? Yep. For the, for For, the OG PS4? You get like. With two games? Yeah. Which is like. The Last of Us and God of War, I think. Like what an unbelievable price, you know? Like I bought that, I bought my own PS4 with my own money 
in uh, the year of launch. Not tw- sorry, not 2013. In 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought it with my own money in 2014, and it was still 3.99. You know, there wasn't any other higher skew, and I'm still using it today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like I didn't, I didn't upgrade to the to the PS4 Pro. I didn't like, you know, I didn't need to trade in my console or whatever. It's still running. It's still going strong. You know, what, what is it now? S- six years almost yeah. later. So like the 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 value of that actually really, I think, really lasted. Um, from from what I can see, and like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't usually upgrade my consoles, and like I wouldn't, I wouldn't upgrade to the newer version. The PlayStation the Four has lasted pretty well. Yeah. I will say, the it last chugs. the last year of games, hard. especially with Red Dead Two. <sighs> Oh, I it was just, screams at me. I was like, yeah, this console is, is tired. <laughs> That's how I, I was like, this console is very tired. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking forward to upgrading to the next gen. And I honestly think that the PlayStation 5 is for people like you and me yeah. who, who got it at the beginning, the early adopters. I hope that Sony realizes that the PlayStation 5 is going to be an early adopter thing. Yeah. Where I think Xbox has an advantage is I think they're going to take what the Xbox One X was reskin it and make that the the, the lower version yeah 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 for sure and xbox is doing this weird marketing approach where they're saying we're not leaving behind the xbox one at all <laughs> like it's coming with us for at least like two years right like they're they're trying to do this thing where it's like xbox is a platform you'll like all the games will work across all xbox stuff which is a very compelling like pitch and yeah but is it true i mean that's that's the thing it's like can they make it work the xbox one is just logistically weaker than the playstation 4 mm-hmm. and the xbox one s is the same crap as the xbox one and it's just Smaller. it's just weaker yeah. and the resolution is garbage <laughs> and yet it continues to impress me how i play my xbox one like there's no reason for me to play that thing. And I use it because I like the ecosystem. <laughs> and, oh, no. and I know I know that sounds weird, but like like they gave away Lego Star Wars 2. Oh, love that. For game. free on Xbox Gold. And I was just like, I'm gonna download it and I'm gonna play it. And I started playing it and I was like, I love the fact that it's like I cannot cancel my Xbox Live subscription. They've got me right where they want me. I don't want to cancel it because it's like I get to play all these old Xbox games, Xbox 360 games, Xbox One games, and now they're telling me that the next gen of Xbox games I'll also be able to play on that. <laughs> right? And I yeah. think a lot of people can substitute that draw with PC gaming, especially because Xbox is becoming more... Um, PC Incorporated. Yes. Yes. And so I can see where people are coming from, but for me, it's like Xbox has surprised me. I got an Xbox One to play the Master Chief Collection. They somehow put respect on the Master Chief Collection. They should have abandoned that game years ago. (laughs) It was a failure. People won't even play it because of the failed launch. I bought the console five years late just to play a game that was a failure at launch because I'm such a big Halo fan. 
That is the best Halo collection ever now. To this day, you can play it. It runs great. It has Halo Reach. It has Halo ODST on it. It's got all the good Halos, all the good Bungie Halos. You can sit down and play four-player split-screen online. Like, the other day, my friend invited me to play... Yeah, like, I was on Xbox playing LEGO Star Wars. How embarrassing. He saw me playing that. <laughs> he sent me a request to play Halo with him. Oh, this is a... Like, this is another thing. This is another feature that I'm like, I don't believe Xbox... Like, Xbox is in the place where they need to be better than PlayStation. Because PlayStation is just so good right now. Mm. And it's breeding some serious excellence. Here's an example. I have Games Pass. Okay, so technically... Me too. I have Games Pass too. I know, right? <laughs> it's like you have it and you don't even have an Xbox. No, but I, I have Games Pass for the PC, which is like an unbelievable deal. <laughs> it's such a good deal. They're, they're like totally... They're like begging you to come back. And it's, it's very compelling yeah. as a consumer. So, so this is my point, right? This happens to me all the time. Let me tell you a story, okay? And then I'll get back to the Xbox thing okay, that I was do talking it. about. Do it. Here's the story. I have Metal Gear Solid 5... On my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. On a disc. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 5 is given away on PlayStation Plus. I acquire the digital license. <laughs> uh, the license for Metal Gear Solid 5. I scroll over to where my game is. I click on Metal Gear Solid 5 and it says insert the disc. I'm like, bruh, I own the game. <laughs> okay? Like, I know the full game is downloaded on my console. It's taking up 40 gigs. Yeah. Like, that's the full game. You don't need no disc. It's just a key, Right? With Xbox, I own the Master Chief Collection through Games Pass, mm-hmm. but I technically, physically own it on disc, and it's installed through disc. <laughs> I click on the Master Chief Collection with the wrong disc in, it still boots, and it's like, yep, you have access to this because of Games Pass. Yeah. Technically, yeah. you have a license to play it even without the disc, and it just works. <laughs> and I was like, that little attention to detail makes me really enjoy what they're building around it with right, Xbox. Right, right, And And then my story continued with my friend who had invited me to play Halo had four people playing split screen with him at the same time. <laughs> so I joined him. We played online with four other people with split. Like our party was like six people and there was only two consoles. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what? Like I, I was just, it was super cool. And the fact that you can play all the old Call of Duties, all the old games that I love, like SSX3, you know, Star Wars Battlefront, <laughs> To, like the classic games I'm just like I to tell you the truth the Xbox one for me and the and what Xbox is building is my archive now it is my archive of old games it is also my library mm, yeah and I don't mean library games library in the sense where it's like this is my collection no I mean like going to the library at like in your neighborhood yeah and you, where you're like you you're, you're walking out. through you're saying what do I want to read today or what movie do I want to rent? And that's what the Xbox is for me. It's yeah. like a frontier 100%. of new experiences where I can go and just try crap for pretty cheap, right? Yeah. And I re- it, like to be honest, it's pretty awesome. Literally Games Pass is such a compelling purchase that I don't know anybody who who would say it's less first of all, here's the thing. It's less money than a Spotify premium subscription right i pay for spotify premium 
because it's worth it to me. Nine ninety nine a month, I could get almost unlimited music, and it's, you don't want to lose those playlists. No They've ads. Got a gun to your head. Playlist. Well, I mean that's that's fine. It is what it is. Um, I don't really I don't really do with that. But like the the daily mixes and stuff, and the, the fact that there's no ads is actually like really yeah. super compelling. To yeah. Me, you know, and I can listen to every every song I could ever imagine. You know, it's perfect. Right. Games Pass. Four ninety nine on on PC, right? Not every game you ever wanted, but it does include no. The Witcher Three, Grand Theft Auto Five, every single Microsoft exclusive, and then a bunch of indie games you've probably never tried. The Outer Worlds, like th- there's like some some extremely compelling stuff there. Yeah, and you're like you're like I with four ninety nine a month, I can I can unlock like. A treasure trove of of awesome games, and you know what's crazy? They cycle in like the double A games at the right speed too. Totally, like totally. Like two months ago, they had the Tomb Raiders, all yeah. of them. Yeah, and I was like, okay, like I'll play some Tomb Raider. Well, Tomb Raider's triple A, but well, I don't know. For me, they're kind of it's triple A, but it's like it's a square game, you know. I, I, I'm not I think crazy. it is triple A. It's like really high. I don't, I don't want to get into that argument. Anyway, okay. Uh, for me, triple A is like if I'm gonna play a triple A adventure game, come on, I'm going to Uncharted. You know? Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, Tomb Raider's there, right? It's that middle space, triple A, double A, whatever. And I'm like, cool. Like, so I played a little bit of one. Man, that was pretty good. And then a month later, they add all the Metro games, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, I've never really tried Metro. So I start playing one. I'm like, this is sweet. I only give it a little bit of time, but it was just enough to know that I don't really want to commit a full time to it, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the indie titles. Like it's like, okay, I played Super Hot and I played way too much time at Super Hot. Yeah, me too. Where I was like, <laughs> this is like, wow, a lot better than I thought. And then I tried Untitled Goose Game and I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't buy this. Mm, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was great for that little experience that it was, right? Yeah. So Xbox is building this very, and I keep saying this word, it's just a compelling package. Yeah. And I wonder if a new console is going to be able to capitalize on that when it's so accessible. Yeah. I think the fear that I have for Xbox is, well, I mean, I don't know. Cause I, it feels like, or it seems like the Xbox one X is doing positive. Like people like to buy it and people seem to want to get, that's like the desired console. Yeah. Right. So, I think Xbox is just trying to meet consumers where they're at, and it doesn't matter. They're kind of begging, right? Yeah, they really needed to to make up some ground. For I sure. think their first party line had better be fantastic if they're going to stand a chance against. Sony. I think they will in in you know this new generation. I think they're gonna they've been they're gonna come, bullets. They're gonna come hard. They're come swinging. You know, like like I really think they are, um, and I hope that's the case because. Here's here's what I worry about with PlayStation, right? Um, I love PlayStation. I'm a PlayStation fan. I've you know literally only owned PlayStation console, uh, not only only owned PlayStation consoles basically and Nintendo consoles. Um, I've owned every single <laughs> PlayStation console. Yeah. Um, so you know I can I can I can sure say that I am a fan. Um, I worry that they're gonna get they're going to get complacent and they're going to think that that certain things are not um are not necessary certain certain quality of life or 
or you know consumer minded things that that Xbox is doing is not necessary. I think the sad part about Sony's track record is their ignorance in times of need because Cameron and I suffered through the PlayStation era. That was the console <laughs> the PlayStation 3 era. Yeah, the PlayStation 3 era. That was the console that we got and there were some serious hidden gems. I mean, the infamous period, the hidden gems, I mean they're like they're stunners, you know, still. I mean, and people I think people go back to to things like Uncharted and people go back to the last of us but is that because they're accessible through the playstation 4 which is a great no i don't know right because you you're like people go back to uncharted well yeah people went and played the uncharted Uncharted trilogy collection yeah you know i mean the the reason i bring up infamous infamous one and infamous two it's stranded (laughs) it's stranded on the playstation 3 and you know what fans like us are like bring it to the playstation 4 you know those should be there i would play would you play a remastered collection oh yes 100 percent. oh yeah i think i would platinum the remastered collection but the market has not spoken in that Mm -hmm. way yeah you know maybe like i i think that sony has done the cost benefit analysis and said there's just it i mean it's not going to be infamous is a launch IP. It's yeah. not a system seller. Yeah. Like God of War. Like Horizon has become like Spider-Man. You know, they they have like these mega names in the game is industry now. And so when we were left during the PlayStation Network hack oh, period, man. like <laughs> those are the dark ages, man. Yeah, it was. And we stuck to the PlayStation. I was I was saying in, in, in and not in a way of pride. Like we didn't stick to the PlayStation in a way of like this is you know PlayStation's still the best. No, we stuck to it because we had. We to. were stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, it was like this is just what we had. We were kids. And I mean, we, well, and, uh, junior high and high school basically. So we, we enjoyed with what we had. Yeah, but it was like I dread the day that I have to sit through another one of those eras, and if that time comes. Where I actually have money in my bank account, you know, I'll probably let my PlayStation sit mm. and collect mm. dust and go buy an Xbox. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting to think because I hope, I hope they won't make, um, like those huge mistakes like they did. You know what I mean? Uh, I I hope they won't. Um, I hope they won't fumble as hard as they did. And I don't think they will. I think they've learned from from that era. I believe that these consoles from Xbox and PlayStation are looking more and more similar. Yeah. The only thing that will diversify them from each other is their first-party offerings and essentially their service. Is the library. Right? The and, and you're already seeing Xbox starting to future proof itself by talking about we will be like Xbox Live will be on Nintendo Switch. Like what? That's cool. You know? And also, you know, Nintendo's a, a completely different conversation, right? You we have these next generation consoles coming out, which are essentially the same box, but you just pick which service you prefer and which, you know, IP is more compelling to you. Yeah. Right? Nintendo is actually playing a game where it's like our hardware is our strength, and y'all already know our games are the bomb, you know? Like, I have a Switch, and I'm always blown away with the games I buy from Nintendo. First of all, it's only, like, Nintendo first party. I haven't bought any third-party games, necessarily. I've been sure I got Fortnite on there, and I think I bought a couple indie titles that are just pretty awful. Um, But, like, 
Nintendo has really said, we are a different hardware. We know we can't compete against the big guys. And that and that's how they've carved out their section of the market, yeah. right? The Nintendo Switch is going to surpass the Xbox One very soon. <laughs> it's right underneath it. Let me see here. With 41.67 million... Well, the Xbox One doesn't have a a like an actual. There's an estimated units sold at 46. So the Nintendo Switch is selling like hotcakes right now. We'll see how long that lasts. I know people who aren't into video games buying the Switch. It's not quite Wii Fever, but (laughs) but uh, it it is. I remember that. It is doing something different, and Nintendo knows how to really capitalize on their gimmicks. You know what's funny about the Wii era? And this is totally, totally off topic. But what's funny about the Wii era was how people who who did not care about video games, people who, you know, traditionally would almost, like, look down upon video games, they bought a Wii. The, everybody bought a Wii. Um, and, and they would play Wii Sports. <laughs> everybody would play Wii Sports. I don't like the Wii. But but you got to give it credit for for actually bringing people in and and including them. You know what I mean? I, like there was a there was a certain magic to to oh you know we're all gonna hang out as a fan. Like I remember this as a kid. It was like oh we're gonna hang out as a family. Let's play Wii bowling. That'll be fun. You yeah, know? Yeah. And and it was like it was like that that was that was a classic time of like. Let of me like, rephrase this. I like the Wii's hardware, as I do with almost any Nintendo console, except for the Wii U, which is trash. So bad. I don't like Wii games. Yeah. There are not many Wii Wii games games that I like. very good. I almost prefer my Wii... Mario Galaxy. I almost prefer my Wii as a GameCube, (laughs) which it could do. Okay. Right? And then at that point, it's like, why buy a GameCube? Because the Wii is just a GameCube. But it also could play some Wii games, and this is like this is just going back to that idea with Microsoft about being being a compelling package. That library is so exciting as a gamer because Nintendo has abandoned their past. They have not supported N sixty four games on their new consoles. They had Virtual Console on the Wii, and that just doesn't exist on the Switch. What's going on? I don't know what they're doing. They need to bring N64 games and GameCube games. And honestly, I bet you they could pull off Wii games with those Joy-Con controllers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with its motion tracking and all that. Yeah, what if they, I mean... PlayStation, abandon their past. They do not care about Infamous. They do not care about some of their old IP. They are not supporting backwards compatibility except for very strange PlayStation 2 ports. Like, I bought Star Wars Bounty Hunter for PlayStation 2. Because I genuinely was like, first of all, I remember playing this game on GameCube. Yeah. Second of all, what the heck is a PlayStation 2 game doing on PlayStation 4? Like, I had not seen that. Yeah. And, and I didn't buy San Andreas or any of the other uh, Grand, uh, Rockstar games. I remember playing PS2 games on, um, you could play it on the Vita. Um, you could play some, some. There was, there was a handful of PS2 games I think you could play on the Vita. Really? Yeah. I don't um, know which games you're talking about. There, I think, uh, uh, couldn't you play... Uh, they were Vita ports. 
Yeah, that might have been it, actually. Because you could play Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think they brought a couple others, but they were like specific Vita ports. But not, but not, you couldn't like play. Because I remember there was, I remember seeing PS2 games in the store, weirdly. Like, this is what's really strange to me, though. When you boot up Star Wars Bounty Hunter, it does the classic like, boom, like PlayStation 2 logo, mm-hmm. right? All the menus are completely oblivious to the DualShock 4 existing. Like, it it seriously is not a port. Like, it's a port, but it is not anticipating being... It's being mm. emulated. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's being run as an emulation. And I don't know if... What's weird is that this, this game is not on Steam, which I'm like, it would have made sense if it was on Steam. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't... Like, I'm so confused why that PlayStation 2 game is on PlayStation 4. And I'm telling you right now, PlayStation 5 really needs to hit home holding on to the legacy of what PlayStation was. Yeah, I agree. Xbox has done it in a very limited fashion. They've said you can play close to 50 original Xbox games. You can play up to, like... 200 Xbox 360 games, and they've definitely missed some in there. I still can't play Web of Shadows on anything, okay, except for my old dusty PlayStation 3. But I'm just, like, Cameron, I, I feel like I've had dreams about it. I want a console to come out and say, you can stick any disc in this thing, and it will play it. And it, that I don't see that ever happening. <laughs> That is a dream that is Any so disc? so far off. But like, if the PlayStation Five came out and straight up said, PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four, any disc, it will play it. I will literally be like, I'm buying three. <laughs> I'm buying three. Like, I'm gonna lose it, dude. Like, that would be such a powerful way to come out. Yes, yes. Imagine. I mean, imagine that. Uh, to be honest, it's not gonna. Happen. What are the chances of that? Very, very low. What are the chances? Here's a here's a more realistic question. What are the chances that they'll say you can play PS3 games <laughs> on on PlayStation Five? What are the chances of that? I'm gonna say forty percent. I think a healthy Sony compromise would be we have worked hard to bring a hundred select PlayStation Three games over digitally. That you can repurchase, <laughs> which is a a total a hole move, but <laughs> but it would be better than nothing. And yeah, I think what shocked me about the Xbox One is that they said if you have that old dusty disc, you can stick it in, and it will remember. It will somehow tell you tell the console that this is a digital key for this game. And I'm just like, I have no idea how that works. I have no it, it, that is some software voodoo magic, dude. And that, uh, but, but after, it has spoiled that, me. It has spoiled me, Cameron. Isn't that? I feel like that's necessary at this point for them, for for PlayStation. I feel like that's necessary. If they come out and they say, "Oh, we're gonna," you know, Nintendo Virtual Console. Um, they're not Nintendo. I don't think they can do that. I, I don't think they'll be able to get away with it. Um, not in my mind. Not in in almost anybody else's mind. You know, if they're like, well, you know. I have no, no you can't. I have no doubt that PlayStation 4 games will be backwards compatible. You can yeah. stick the disc in, it'll work, 100%. and it will even run at a pro level, if not a PlayStation 5 enhanced version of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, right? 100%. When you say PlayStation 3, I just am very skeptical. 
And if they can do PlayStation can 3 do and PlayStation 2, like, why not just do PlayStation 1 as well? Yeah. I mean, people aren't really asking for it. That's the thing is, like, I, are people asking for PS1 games? I think the, the major fear is, like, the licensing issue because you're already seeing this. We've talked about yeah. this with, um, what was it, archiving of digital media. Yeah. Right? Is that some of these games hold licenses to songs that have expired now and games like Vice City Stories on the Vita is no longer available to purchase. Yeah. You can't even purchase it on the PlayStation 3 store. It's like you're you're getting these games that are just vanishing now. And I I don't know, like sure, I can't play every single game on Xbox. But a part of me is like the fact that I can at least hold on to some of it. Yeah. is 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 Imagine this. Imagine this. What? Christmas 2020 or whenever whenever the PlayStation 5 comes out. You get your you unwrap your PlayStation 5, you plug it in. What's the disc you go to? Not the new launch game, not anything else, but you go into your closet. You reach into it. You you take out Battlefront 2. <laughs> You put Battlefront 2 into your <laughs> into your new console. <laughs> you know what's funny, Cameron? You, you say this, but to tell you the truth, the first game I want to put into my PlayStation 5 is Red Dead Redemption 2. It's all right. Which is kind okay. of like it's kind sure. of weird. Yeah, it's I get like that, I want to I played this game on a PlayStation 4 and I got sub 30 frames. <laughs> I am excited to see this thing in its full glory. I that I've thought about buying it for PC. Um, I like no for me it's like I want to f- get the platinum on PlayStation 5. Yeah. No, like, yeah, I get that. I get that. And truthfully there are some PlayStation 3 games I want to go back and trophy hunt for. Mm-hmm. I think ooh, if I could get that Arkham City trophy now. Dude, if they no joke, if they say you can but so this is the hard thing, right? You you can't put in Arkham City because they're selling the Arkham City collection on PlayStation 3. They want you to restart. They want you to play the the new version, and then this 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 drives into the, a whole other issue with PlayStation Three. The gems of PlayStation Three have been ported to PlayStation Four, except for Infamous. It's stranded. I don't think they care. Yeah, that's the truth. It's I true. just I don't think they care. Infamous One and Two remastered. Thirty nine ninety nine. There are like weird hidden gems on PlayStation Three that are fifty nine ninety nine. I'd buy it. 100%. I, I know. Well, they'd have to do a collection, right? The for the one and two. One and two, yeah. But but there's like weird games like Odyssey to the West or whatever. Do you know which game I'm talking about? Mm, no. Heavenly Sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Yeah. Uh, what are what are some other ones? There's a, there's one that was just on the tip of my tongue that I had on me. Some of the old Tomb Raider games. I mean, like, mm, yeah, they, like, they don't need to be. Like or Splinter Cell games, they're just missing. Um, SOCOM games, mag. <laughs> Some of the old Rainbow Six games, like those games, are available on Xbox, yeah. right? Mag, please. <laughs> uh, Starhawk and Warhawk, yeah, gone. Um, Warhawk was so much Motorstorm, fun. which was PlayStation 3's racing game, and just died. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I had fun with Motorstorm. Um, I had the Arctic one or the the tropical one I played was. Do fun. you remember playing uh, Gran Turismo? What was the one on the PS3? Six. Was it six? Yeah, because then there's Gran Turismo five or Sport. Six. 
I think five might have had. I think five was on PS. There was one like Gran Turismo Five Prelude or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it's so. like a demo version of it. Well, anyways, I never got Gran Turismo. I en- I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And now, uh, Grand Theft Auto Four, you can't like it's not available on PlayStation. Yeah. It's not even available on Steam anymore. Really? There was an issue because games uh, games with Windows Live was the version of Grand Theft Auto 4 to play on PC. Oh. And it actually used that through the Steam key. And they ran out of games with Windows Live keys because the key generator doesn't exist anymore. Wow. So now Rockstar's like, we can't sell it anymore on Steam. What? It's not available to buy anymore. And so they're trying to work out a solution. They better bring that thing to PlayStation 4. But it's already working on Xbox. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they've already figured that out. It's just running games they that's where all the keys went. Games of Windows Live keys went all to the Xbox 360 <laughs> port or whatever. But Yeah. No, I I mean it is interesting. So so what's funny about this um conversation that we just had though is we really didn't talk much about like what we want out of the hardware of like, oh, I want, you know, I want I wanted to run native 4K and I wanted to blah, blah, blah. You know, all of those things are nice. Sure, they're fun. Like, like I think 60 frames per second is probably a, a good bet. But really what we're looking for is is we, we A, I, I think we both really want backwards compatibility. Accessibility. Especially, especially to the PS3 era. Yes. That, that's like, that's like, I think that's key. And I think honest. Xbox is already in the lead with that. Yes. Um, and... What else do we want? We want an ecosystem that feels like friendly and and like they care about the consumer. You know what I mean? Like we want an ecosystem that is that is not obtuse and you know you don't have to to jump through hoops. We want things that that you know we want a PlayStation Store that works. <laughs> Which Xbox is in the lead? Where Xbox is not yeah, in again, the lead is is the library. Well, well, not, the, not the, just the library. The first-party games library. The first-party games that are coming out and just knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Sony's first-party offering is just like, whoa. What were the Xbox game, Xbox One games that came out that were, um, you know, up and, you know, above and beyond? Their high-quality involved Sunset Overdrive, yeah. Halo 5, Gears of War 4 and 5, and that's about it. I yep. mean, you want to talk about... Forza? S- Actually, the Forza games are well-renowned. Yeah. And the Horizon series is good. Um, sea of Thieves. I'm barfing. <laughs> Minecraft's on everything, so you can't really say that that's the, the console of choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a lot. The Master Chief Collection is still compelling. It's I, a very limited... It's a very limited cycle for them. I mean, it really is. They've been purchasing different studios they're really gearing up yeah so i i think that they're they're going to be offering some interesting um games especially from the double a space i know i think they're working on a platinum game Mm. um i heard on a podcast i think it was a kind of funny podcast whether they or it was or it was sacred symbols i'm not sure but they were talking about how sony got a marvel game nintendo got a marvel game with ultimate alliance there's no way that Xbox isn't working on a Marvel game. Mm, mm. There's no way that they haven't been approached with a Marvel game. Yeah, maybe. And because the other two companies got a chance with Marvel, like there's some speculation that Xbox is kind of going to come swinging with a Marvel game. Whether that's a Wolverine game, 
kind of leaning into cool. yeah. the Fox universe that didn't like hasn't gotten any attention, or it's a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game. Who knows? I I think that Mar- uh, Xbox could have a really good chance um, presenting a Marvel game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Xbox's weak link is the games, and at the end of the day, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's if, you're, if you're playing video that's games, that's what matters. And I think that's what's make that's what could make Sony lazy. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, they've got they've got a really good lineup. I mean, they do. You know, there's some some really compelling games, some really interesting games that are going to come out in this late console cycle. First of all, like there there's like going to be. I think I think two really excellent games probably. Well, Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima is very mysterious. Not a lot of people. I, feel I like think it's going to be a really good game. I, I I'm I'm hoping I'm excited for. I really love Sucker Punch games. Yeah, I don't have a desire to play this game. I have a feeling when the reviews come out, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Uh, the Last of Us Two gives me chills to think about. I just. Neil Druckmann and his team are—they just have a way about them. They kill it. They kill it every time. I mean, it's it's spectacular. This, um, yeah, I I have a hard time seeing this game fail. Yeah, I think it will be a massive success. This is my prediction with The Last of Us Two. Critical acclaim, underneath a ten. Everyone says go out and buy it. And people are going to make videos about why The Last of Us 1 is better. <laughs> That's my prediction. Sure, sure. That's my prediction. I can, I can see that happening now. Um, I, al- yeah, I but- also think that the game will hold on to like a chilling side that The Last of Us has always had. I hope so. I, I mean, I'm I'm so excited for it, I don't even want to talk about the it, game, to be honest. Dude, like, the gameplay is just hyper chilling. You know what game I'm actually really excited about, Cameron? What? is I've been watching some stuff on Doom Eternal. And, like, I was excited for Doom. Like, I loved Doom 2016, but it hit, it, it like, hit the craving. Yeah. I was, like, hit I really needed to get some space away from it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I spent some I time away I from it. I feel you. If you have time, if you like Doom, check out an interview about, there's, like, this game designer talking about the new demons in Doom Eternal. I think that's the title of the YouTube video. Uh, new demon designs in Doom Eternal. Just the way they talk about game design is so fascinating. They First, they talk about redesigning these old classic Doom characters from Doom 2 Hell on Earth, which is kind of what Doom Eternal is. Yeah. It's like a yeah. reimagining of that. So they show all the old uh, sprites of the demons, and they say, well, this is, like they said, these sprites are classic, man. And so we just kind of took that and made it into 3D. And then they start talking about game design. And it's just, like, they put it in a way that you just never thought. They're so intentional. They start talking about, like, how a battlefield against demons is a chessboard. And and it's really fascinating the way the guy talks about it. He's like, the chessboard has high-value targets and low-value targets, like pawns. Pawns are, like, the small enemies that are the ones that, you know, when you run by them and kill them, it feels good. You know, you're taking a piece, right? And he's like, but... Pawns can also be a total pain in the butt if you ignore them. Yeah. And then yeah. you'll focus on high value targets like kings or, I mean, or queens or rooks, which are these demons, right? And they're, he's like, we make them a pain in the butt on purpose, right? And it, it, when he was talking about game design, I was just like, I need this. I was like, I need this game. I need this game. I like it. I was like, oh, I forgot how much I loved it. And he yeah. was, he was totally explaining like 
This is why Doom works. And this is why you don't even know you love it so much. I'm and so it, excited. For yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, it's great video, especially if you're interested in game design, which I find fascinating. You should go check it out. But yeah. I, what I want to say in wh- how, where are we? We're at our closing thoughts. Let's do it. Um, what I want to say is if you look about look at the past like three ish years of PlayStation 4, right? Um, there were some there were hits after hits after hits. Every year, there was at least two um, absolutely incredible exclusives, right? 2017, you had Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Um, I don't remember well the other one. As, uh, was there? I, th- I think there was something else in 2017, but um, I can't remember. 2018, you had, you had God of War and Spider-Man. Um, and, uh, or Sekiro was this year. Uh, 2019, you had, uh, you had Death Stranding, um, 2017, there wasn't anything stand out besides Horizon. It was a little lighter. I think it was, uh, Lost Legacy Uncharted was near, near Automata, Gran Turismo Sport, uh, Resident Evil 7 and Neo. Those are, I mean, those are big games, but I don't know if they're exclusive. But but I mean you think about this and they have they have really been knocking it out of the park w- when it comes to exclusives these past couple of years you know um, dude twenty eighteen was just a behemoth it was nuts it was nuts I mean we talked about this in our our decade recap but good lord God of War Spider Man Red Dead Shadows of the Colossus Detroit wow it's a <laughs> fat year dude no wonder yeah. I didn't get anything done. <laughs> Yeah. So so what I want from them is to continue on this train. And I think they can. I think they will. I hope they will. Well, um, I, I think their I, track record speaks for it, right? Yeah. I mean, even, even in the PS3 era, yeah. which was their weakest. Even in their failure, they continue to say, we want to make games that will stick with gamers and be memorable moments. I am a little worried about their first party offerings just being third person action adventure games, which are kind of falling into this cycle of doing that. But they differentiate yeah, I mean, they differentiate themselves well enough that they're still enjoyable. So yeah. so we'll see, but yeah. Cameron, yeah. I think that wraps up our thoughts. That's all. I want them to make good games. I want them to keep their legacy. I want backwards compatibility. And I don't really care about the hardware all that much, to be honest. I think all eyes are on Sony because Microsoft... We're just waiting to see Microsoft knock it out of the park with their first-party offerings. If they don't, I think we already know which console people are going to be buying. It's a good underdog story, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this console generation has been a good underdog story for for Microsoft. It really has. Yeah, I think Phil Spencer's turned it around and done a really good job with it. But nevertheless, I think that closes it up. Uh, We'd love to know what you think somehow. If you're a Patreon, you can send us questions about the consoles. Are you interested in gaming and all that? Um, I know we're hitting it home this episode, but again, check us out at Patreon if you want to hear that special episode. And we will see you guys next week. Everything Comes From Something is a fully fan-funded podcast that happens because of listeners like you. And a huge shout-out to our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you for supporting the show. I know I've been saying that part for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes, but seriously... 
You guys have been a huge blessing for making sure this podcast continues to go. Remember, if you want to support the show just like they do, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. Throw a couple dollars away. Get a couple benefits. Remember, all the benefits, if you're a Patreon, are done through Patreon. Patreon Messenger. Yes, you can just shoot us a message right there and boom. We'll see it. We'll put it on air. Um, that's that's how it works. Take advantage of those. Again, if you don't have money, totally cool. I know. I'm a broke college kid. I get it. You can just tell friends and family. Spread the word about the show. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky. It's a little different. Maybe someone, uh, some of the people or your friends will like it. And you can always give us a rating on iTunes. That seriously helps. Again, we thank you guys for all the support that you give us. We love you. And we will see you next week.